Hey fans, what up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf 13. Daf Yud Gimel. Daf Love. Daf Hava. Hava is of course Gematria Yud Gimel. Uh, Echod is Gematria Yud Gimel. What else is Gematria Yud Gimel? I don't know. Alright. Um, friends, what does Daf Yud Gimel talk about? Daf Yud Gimel talks about, uh, Mostly how we know that uh, when it comes to like grain and stuff, that it, it's miser is, it's, it's year of miser is determined based on the year in which it reached one third of its, um, growth. So, okay, the once it hits a third, you take a look at the year in which it hits a third, that's the year that you're gonna have to separate trumas and mysis from, right? Because we learned about the different Rosh Hashanahs for uh, Meiser and things like that. So what we're saying is that the year in which it uh, that right, well at the point at which it reaches a third of its growth, that is the point that we look at to say, okay, which year do we consider it for um, uh, Meiser? And we had said that the uh, Rosh Hashanah, when it comes to Meiser, is Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, is the first of Tishrei. So therefore, we say, look. Uh, at what point did this grain reach a third of its growth? And based on if it's before or after Tishrei, so then that will determine what year you have to separate Trumas and Maestros, because of course we don't separate Trumas and Maestros from the sort of yield of one year to separate it for the yield of another year. It has to be within the year in which uh, it is supposed to be, in which it grew essentially. Uh, okay, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's jump in. Um, fine, so we're about eight or nine lines before, well, let's say about ten lines before the bottom of the page on Dafyud Beis and Beis. Tanan also we learn over there, where? In Maestris. Hatilsum Mishatitzmach, Fenya Greek. Once it uh, sprouts, so then uh, that is when it's considered ready for Maestr, okay? So at the point in which it sprouts, so, uh, what, what year are we in? Five, seven, eight, two now or something? So, if it sprouted before Rosh Hashanah, before, oh, 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 the paper boy. There he is, dropping off the paper. Let's go hurry up ready. There he is, speeding off into the night. Um, so then, um, what are we talking about? Right, so if you have Fenya Greek, and the Fenya Greek, um, um, uh, sprouted, before, let's say in our example, before Rosh Hashanah, like a month ago or whatever it is, so then it would be considered, the Meister would be from last year's crop, and you would have to separate uh, Meister with other Fenugreek from last year. And if it sprouted after Rosh Hashanah, so then it would be part of this year's crop, and uh, you would tithe it with other Fenugreek that sprouted in this year. All right. Hazeisen. When it comes to grain and olives, and Rashi points out that actually grapes can be considered grain as well. So it says, um, what does it say? Like the grain of your granary, which is grains, but also like the grain of your vineyard. So we see that uh, grapes can also be referred to grain. So it says, right, when it comes to grain, which is, I guess, the different kinds of grains, but also grapes, vazesim, as well as olives. Once they reach a third of their growth at that, right, that is when we look at, okay, well, 
you know, what year is it? And then we consider it uh, for Trumasomysis in the year in which it reaches one third of its growth. What does it mean by Fenya Greek when it sprouts, when the seeds sprout? All right, honestly, don't tell anybody, but I still don't really know what that means. All right, but whatever, when it sprouts. Uh, whatever, when I grow fenugreek, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll figure it out. What do you want me to tell you? Okay, uh, skip the next few words. How do we know that, well, I guess you can read it. Right, so we say that when it comes to grain and when it comes to, uh, to uh, olives, so once they read a third of their, once they reach a third of their growth, that is, you know, what establishes them for their, in terms of their year for Meister, in terms of which year do we consider it having grown in? At what point is it Chayev in Meister from the time that it reaches a third Minani Mili? How do we know this? Friends, you ready? Good. Omer Vasi Omer Biochanon says of Asi in the name of Biochanon, Umatuba Mishme de Biosaglili. Wow, I guess some say that maybe it was Taka even Biosaglili. It's a pretty big deal. Biosaglili, the Tana. The Kilu, the contemporary of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shmuel, big big deal. Amar Kra, the pasuk says, "Miket Sheva Shonim." All right, the pasuk. Who could tell me where this pasuk is? What it's a reference to? It's a reference to Hakol. That the pasuk says, "Miket Sheva Shonim." That after seven years, b'moyed shnas hashmita, at the end of the shmita year, bechaga sukkis at sukkis time. So sukkis now of the eighth year. And it says that everyone's going to gather in Jerusalem and the king will read from the Sefer Torah. So, what does Shemitah have to do with anything? Right? The Pasuk says, let's read it again. So at the end of seven years, okay. What does Shemitah have to do with anything? Meaning, the Pasuk could just say, after seven years, when, you know, comes now the festival of Sukkis after seven years. What does Shemitah have, Shemitah have to do with anything? It's not Shemitah anymore. It's now the eighth year. It's Sukkot at the beginning of the eighth year. Why are we mentioning Shemitah? It adds absolutely nothing to the simple explanation of the Pasuk, apparently. So, where am I? Shnasa Shemitah Maevid. Sukkot is already the eighth year. So, why are we mentioning anything about Shemitah? Shemitah's past. Ella. Lo Merlach to say to you, Kotvua, Shevia Shlish, Bishviyas, that any grain that has reached a third on Shemitah before Rosh Hashanah, so you treat it uh, like Shemitah on the eighth year. Meaning, the Pasuk had mentioned Shemitah in the context of Hakel. We're saying and we're pointing out that Shemitah really doesn't belong there. We, we, what does it add? It's no longer Shemitah anyways. But the point is, that well, what we're learning from there is that if you have a grain that grows on Shemitah and it reaches a third of its growth during Shemitah, so then even in the eighth year, even when it comes to the eighth year, it could, it's still going to be considered Shemitah. This grain is still going to have the Kedusha Shviz because the holiness of Shviz because it reached a third of its growth in the previous year. So that's how we see this idea from the extra word of that's how we learn out that what's it doing there what it's there is to teach us that you can even have a situation where there are things that grow during Shemitah that are, retain their holiness 
during the eighth year, and that is if they've reached a third of their growth. So we see that um, grain that has reached a third of its growth is, a, is, is so the year in which the grain reaches a third of its growth is going to be the year in which it's going to be chayev in Meiser, and in this case also it's going to have Kedushas Shviz. Omele Rebzeira Rebasi now says Rebzeira to Rebasi Vilduma Lo Ayil Klau Vikom Rachmanu Tishamit Viteza Chagasukis. Now Rebzeira asks Rebasi, says, wait a second, how do we know that that's how to understand the Pasuk? How do we know that what the Pasuk is saying is that if you have grain that reached a third of its growth during Shemitah year, it's going to continue to have Kedusha Shviyas into the eighth year. Maybe it's saying something else, which is simply that Shemitah continues until Sukkot of the eighth year. That Shemitah doesn't end at Rosh Hashanah following Shemitah. Shemitah then continues into the eighth year until Sukkot. Maybe that's what it means. That's what the point of Shviyas in that Pasuk is. Lo Sakadaitech, to Javasi says, no way, no how. Because the Pasuk says, Because we have another Pasuk. What does this Pasuk say? Well, let's read it. Well, let's read half of it. The Pasuk says, That the um, festival of gathering at the end of the year, well, I guess when the previous year goes out, when you gather your handiwork from the field. Now, so as we just read, the Pasuk mentions this this. Asif, this gathering twice, says Vichago Asif, Asada. So it mentions gathering twice in the Pasuk. So why does it have to mention gathering twice? Mention gathering once. If the point is to teach us that there's a festival that comes at the time that you're gathering things, give So we got it from one of the places where I mentioned it in the Pasuk. How come we're mentioning Asif twice in the Pasuk? Okay, so one of them is teaching that the festival comes out when you gather. What are we learning from the other Asif? So, again, the Pasuk says that the festival of gathering at the end of the previous year, my Asif, what is this gathering? If we're going to say, oh, it means that it's talking about the festival that comes at the time of gathering, that Sukkis comes at the time that you're gathering your grain up from the field that's been laying out in the field drying all summer, and now you're going to gather it up. But but if you can if you continue reading in the pasuk, it says, When you gather your handiwork from the field, so then what is the first? So what does Chaga Asif teach us? So you know what Asif means? You know what gathering means over here? Gathering means that you're actually harvesting, meaning from the second. Uh, right when it says the like the shorish of asif the second time in that pasuk so that's how we learn out that it's the festival that comes when you gather things so what do we learn out from asif it's a it's a drasha to teach us that even if there are things that you can end up harvesting at that time if there are if there's grain that um, you're going to that's ready to be harvested at sukkah time so it says v'chaga asif hashana the drasha is that Chaga Asif, which we're understanding to actually be referring to harvesting, that if there's grain that's ready to be harvested at Sukkot's time, B'tzei Sashana, we nonetheless treat it as though it's from the previous year. And we're going to see in a second that the rabbis assume that anything, that's be read, that anything that is ready to be harvested at Sukkot's time has already reached a third 
in the previous before Rosh Hashanah in the previous year. So what do we see? So we see that again when it says Bechaga Asif, so it says Bechaga Asif Hashanah. That when and we're understanding it to be harvesting, and we're saying that anything that you're going to be harvested, if you have grain that's ready to be harvested on Sukkot, so you have so you end up harvesting it on Sukkot, and we're saying that it's Bitsei Sashana, we treat it as though it's from the previous year. We treat it as though it's from the previous year, and the rabbis understand that anything, any grain that you're going to be harvesting on Sukkot already reached a third in the previous year. So what do we see? So we see that grain that reached a third of its growth is going to be governed for Maestras based on the year in which it reached a third. And therefore, when it comes to harvesting grain on Sukkot, if there's grain that's ready to be harvested on Sukkot, so two things. A, we know that it already reached a third of its growth in the previous year. And B, it's Bitsei Sashana. We're going to treat it as though it's from the previous year. So we see that any grain that reached a third of its growth or once grain reaches a third of its growth, it's governed for meisters based on the year in which it reached a third of its growth. So we see from this pasuk that we that that we determine um, trumas and meisters based on the year in which um, the grain reaches one third of its growth. So my Asif says the Gemara. What is this Asif mentioned in the pasuk kotzir? It's referring to harvesting. Um, that if there's grain that's ready to be harvested on Sukkot, um, and the rabbis um, determine that any grain that is harvested or ready to be harvested on Sukkot, it is certain that it had already reached the one-third threshold um, before and we are calling it i.e. it's governed from the previous year so we see that the year in which a uh, grain in which grain reaches one third of its growth is the year in which it is treated for miser friends you got that? good let's go weiter now says Rabirmia. To Rebzeira, Vikimlu, the Rabbanon, Ben Shlish, the Pachos, Mishlish, Ha 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 ha. Friends, you hear the question that Rebbeirmi asks Rebzeira? Rebbeirmi asks Rebzeira, he says, What do the rabbis know from grain? Ha ha. The rabbis are busy in the study hall. They're arguing about who knows what. What do they know about practical stuff? What do they know about? They're not farmers. They're, they're, they're academics. They live in the in the Beis Hamedrash. What do they know about grain reaching a third and determining when a grain has reached a third? Oh my lay, to which Rebzeri responds to Rebirmia, Lava Minalach, Rebirmia, haven't I told you a million times, Lotapik Nafshech, Levar Miochasa, don't get involved anything, in anything other than halacha. You know, keep, keep your ideas to yourself. It's not, good, it's not good when you start thinking about other things. Stick to halacha. Because after all, yes, the rabbis do, in fact, know about when grain reaches a third. And they know about lots of different measurements and evaluations of things. Because that's how all of their measurements are. 
For example, a mikvah needs to have 40 sa'a of water. If it has any less than that, you, it, you cannot use it. You cannot go to the mikvah in that. And yes, they know the, 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 the distinction between 40 sa'a and slightly less than 40 sa'a. When it comes to uh, uh, contamination of foods, that if you have food that is tame, it's able to be metame other foods if the food that is tame is the size of an egg. And yes, they know how to determine between the size of an egg and if it's slightly less than the size of an egg. Shlosha, al shlosha metame midros. Of course, we know that. Wait a second. Oh wow, so this isn't talking about shalosh etzbos, it's talking about shalosh etzvachim, I believe. So something that's three tvachim by three tvachim is mitame midros, is able to um, 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 get, uh, contract tumas midros. Of course, if you have a friend who's a zov and uh, he's an avatuma and he sits on, on a garment that's three tvachim by three tvachim, so then uh, it becomes Tomei Tumas Midras, it is also an Av Atuma. Shlosha Shlosha Chosu Nima Achas, Enu Matami Midras. But if it is uh, even a hair's breadth, slightly less than um, uh, three Tvachim by three Tvachim, it will not contract Tumas Midras. So we see that yes, the rabbis actually are uh, very uh, um, uh, detailed and exact when it comes to measurements, and that includes being able to evaluate once grain has reached a third of its growth. How the Amr Abirmiya, so then Abirmiya took back his sort of, uh, uh, I don't know how to uh, describe it, but he took back his uh, assertion that maybe the rabbis don't know what they're talking about. And he said, actually, no, the rabbis do know what they're talking about. Forget it, I take back what I said. Because the Chevre, they asked of Kahana, Omer she krivu yisob chnisasul laaretz mehecha nikrivuhu. Ho 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 ho. Friends, when the Yidin entered into Eretz Yisrael with Yoshua, so it says that they entered into Eretz Yisrael on the tenth day of Nisan. Of course, that is five days before Pesach, and uh, on the second day of Pesach, they offer the korban a Omer, right? The Omer offering, which then allows them to eat. The new, the grain of that year, the chadosh, the new grain from that year. So now, the, 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 so the chevra, they asked of Kahana, when the Yidin entered into Eretz Yisrael right before Pesach, so that first korban of Omer that they offered that year on the second day of Pesach, where did they get the barley from? They just got into Eretz Yisrael. Where did they get barley from? Imtomer the Ayel Biad Nochri. If you're going to say, well, they got um, um, uh, barley from a local Gentile. A Gentile had a barley field, and they went darin, and they asked that they could chaparayim. So, but that won't work, because the Pasuk says it has to be k'tzirchem. It has to be um, your harvested barley. And uh, if it grew... Uh, by the Gentile, if the Gentile grew, grew the barley, it's not yours, it's his. Now, the Gemara says, wait a second, maybe they just didn't offer a Korban Omer that year. 
There wasn't enough time to grow barley. They didn't offer a korban omer that year. Lo sakadai tich. That's not an option. Tichsid because the pasuk says vayochu me'avur aritz mi'machras ha'pesach. Because the pasuk says that from the second day of Pesach and onwards, they ate from the grain, the produce of the land, from the grain of the of the land. Mimachras ha'pesach achul me'kar lo achul that. They, yeah, the Pasuk is specifically saying that they ate from the grain of the land from the second day of Pesach and onwards. Not before then. It means that on the second day of Pesach, when the Omer was offered, that is what allowed them to then eat from the grain, from the Chadash, from the grain of the land of that year. So we see that they certainly did offer the Omer offering on the second day of Pesach on, when, when they entered into Eretz Yisrael. So, so back to our question. How, what um, barley did they use for the Korban Omer? Omer Lohen, to which Rav Kahana responded, Well, they were able to purchase grain that did not reach one-third of its growth they purchased that from a Gentile, and then it grew over the following days into one-third of its growth. And at that point, or at least maybe all of its growth, whatever it is, but they definitely purchased barley that um, had not yet grown one-third of its growth. They purchased that from the Gentile, and therefore it was not considered as though it grew by the Gentile, it grew by the Yidin. And now, but wait, maybe it already was a third of its growth and they didn't, they were unable to determine. What did the rabbis know as Yirmiya suggested? How did the rabbis know? Maybe they were not able to determine accurately whether this barley has actually reached a third or not. Rather, it must be, that they did know how to determine, and that's how they knew. They knew how, meaning they knew how to determine if barley had reached a third or not. And based on their determination, the barley that they purchased had not yet reached one third of its growth, and that's why they were able to purchase it for the Korban Omer. And um, so we see that yes, the rabbis are able to determine between a third and less than a third, which is how they were able to purchase barley for the Omer offering when they moved, when they got into Eretz Yisrael um, the first year that they were there. Hochanami, Kimlu, and just like um, by the Korbina Omer, the first year in Eretz Yisrael, they were able to determine, determine between a third and less than a third. So here also, when it comes to, you know, determining for Miser, also the rabbis are able to determine between a third, you know, which grain has reached a third or not. Vidilma lo ail klal. But now the Gemara asks, wait, maybe when the Yin went into Eretz Yisrael and they purchased barley for the Korban Omer, maybe it was barley that hadn't yet grown at all. But wait, one second. How do you know 
that the rabbis were able to determine between a third and less than a third. Maybe the barley that they brought when they went into Eretz Yisrael, that they bought, they purchased when they came into Eretz Yisrael, maybe that was barley that hadn't grown at all. But if it would have grown a bit, they would not be able to tell the difference between a, a quarter or a third. What do they know? They could tell between nothing and something. So maybe they just bought barley that hadn't grown at all. But if it would have grown, they wouldn't necessarily be able to dis, uh, distinguish between a third, a quarter. No, that's not an option. Because the positive says, Well, because the Yidin only um, uh, came out from the Jordan River and entered into Israel on the 10th of Nisan. And if it enters your mind to say that this is barley that had not grown whatsoever, how could the barley then have, if they purchased barley from a, a Gentile that hadn't grown at all, even if they purchased it right away on the 10th day, how would it grow in five days so it'll be ready for the Korban Omer on the second day of Pesach? How could, it, how could grain grow? How could this barley grow from nothing to ready to be offered for Korban Omer in just five days? Elamai, the Isle River Odanka, but the Gemara says, and so what? So what are you going to suggest? That it, they purchased barley that had already grown a quarter or maybe a sixth. Still, is five days going to be enough for, for barley that has only grown one uh, you know, quarter of its way, let's say, or one sixth of its way to grow into what is needed for the Korban Omer? Elo. What do you have to say? It says about Eretz Yisrael that it is the land of the deer, and deers run very fast, and therefore Eretz Yisrael is able to grow its uh, produce very quickly. And therefore, so we had initially said that the rabbis had purchased his barley that was not quite a third yet, and they were able to determine that it wasn't quite a third, which is why they were able to purchase it, and it was not considered as though it grew by the Gentile. However, then we suggested, wait, maybe it hadn't yet grown at all. To which we said, yeah, but if it hadn't yet grown at all, then how would it grown completely within five days from the time that they got out of the Jordan until the second day of Pesach? To which the Gemara says, yeah, but so what? So what are you suggesting? That they purchased uh, this uh, barley that was, let's say, a quarter of the way grown? Still, it, how can it grow in five days from a quarter of the way, in, you know, the whole way, so that you can use it for the Korban Omer? So rather, it must be that just we're relying, you know, what happened was that Eretz Yisrael was able to produce uh, this grain and grow this grain very quickly. And if that's the case, then we actually do not have a basis from uh, the Korban Omer in the first year to say that uh, the rabbis were able to distinguish between a third and less than a third because the whole thing was a miracle anyways. The whole thing was because we're saying that Eretz Yisrael was able to produce this grain so quickly, in which case it could have actually been that the grain wasn't, really grown at all and they purchased grain that was like not yet growing and this barley that wasn't yet growing and 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 it just grew really really fast and was ready for the omer on the second day of pesach and so yeah we don't necessarily have a distinction from this thing with the carbon omer in Eretz Yisrael to say that they were able to distinguish between a third and less than a third because it could actually have been that the grain was actually the barley was actually not ready at all just that Eretz Yisrael kicked in and grew it super fast. So that isn't necessarily a proof. But 
we do still, right, so it's not necessarily a proof that the rabbis, uh, you know, that, that's not going to prove for us that the rabbis are able to distinguish between a third and less than a third. However, at this point, we are still relying upon the pasuk of the Chaga Osif, to teach us that grain that has reached, uh, that is able to be harvested in Sukkot time, has already reached a third of its growth from the previous year. And we're saying that we treated from the previous year, from there we learn that grain that is grown one-third of its way will be treated for miser in the year in which it grew one-third of its way. Now, Maskifla Reb Chanina, Reb Chanina asks a question on this. Can you really say what you want to say? Can you really make the argument that when the Pasuk says Chaga Osif in the Pasuk, it, it is referring to harvesting, that if you harvest, if there's grain that's ready to be harvested on Sukkot, it was already uh, reached a third of its growth from the year before, and therefore it's treated from the year before. Can you say that that Pasuk is really talking about when it says gathering, it means harvesting? Um, but we have another Pasuk that says in the context of Sukkot, when you gather from your granary and from your um, wine press. The Amar we said, that the Pasuk is talking about making schach, that for your, for that for your sukkah, for schach, you use psolas gorin v'yekev, uh, sort of like leftover branches and things from your granary and from your wine press, right? Things that uh, grow from the ground and, not, and are not makabal tumah. So therefore, in our Pasuk as well, when the Pasuk says, that is just teaching a halacha that by sukkah, you have to use uh, for right something that's uh, it's teaching you with what to use to make your schach. And therefore, what do we learn from Chaga Asif? That sukkah comes out at the time that you gather. And therefore, what Reb Chanina is saying, that actually Chaga Asif is teaching us that it's the festival that comes out when, when you're dirt, at the time of year that you gather your grain after the summer. And when it says, that's just talking about what you can use to make for schach. But Bechaga Asif is teaching that sukkah falls out when you gather your grain, and therefore, we don't have anywhere to say that it's talking about harvesting, and when you harvest, on Sukkot, then it reached a third before Rosh Hashanah, and, which, and it's calling a B'tzei Hashanah. No, that you can't learn that out. Chag Asif just means that Sukkot is the festival that falls out during the time that you gather. Well, if that's the case, well then what's going to be our proof to learn that, um, that, that, that the, uh, grain is determined from Iser based on when it reaches a third? So Amr Ibzeir says, Ibzeir HaMilsa Avoy Biyodon. We had this, we, we thought that we had our answer. We thought that we were good to go. That we had this pasuk of Chaga Asif to teach us about grain that reaches a third. We thought we had what we needed. And Reb Chanina came and destroyed that. Well then, how do we know that, um, well then how do we know then that grain once it reaches a third is ready for Meiser? As we learn in the Brisa, says that when it comes to Shemitah, so Shemitah, you're not going to be able to work your field in the seventh year. So you're going to kind of run out of food. You're not going to be able to plant again until the eighth year, and then you got to wait for it to grow. 
and you're really not going to be taking into your house that grain until Sukkot of the ninth year. So therefore, the, the yield of the sixth year really needs to produce food for the sixth year, for the seventh year, for the eighth year. You're really not going to be in full swing again until the ninth year. So the Pesach says, don't worry. The Eivishter is going to send a blessing on the sixth year and it will provide enough food. Enough food will grow for three years. And then we make a drashit. Don't read it for three. Rather read it as a third to teach us that once grain reaches a third of its growth, that is when it's going to be chayiv in Maiser v'ami bayle legufe, to which the pasuk says wait, to which the gemara says wait. This pasuk of the asos is atvur leshlosh hashanim that the Abishter is going to send a blessing and the sixth year will provide enough food for three years. Well, that's needed us to teach us precisely that that the Abishter is going to provide on the sixth year enough food for three years, not to make a drasha of that grain that reaches a third is now chayiv in Maiser. So the gemara says ksiv krachrina. No, we don't need this pasuk to teach us about the three years because we have another pasuk that says that you'll go that you're going to work your fields now in the eighth year after Shemitah. And what are you going to be eating up until now? From the old grain that you still have from the sixth year until the ninth year. So we see that um, so we see that we have another pasuk that teaches us that the Abishur is going to provide enough uh, food on the sixth year to last you until the ninth year. And therefore this Pasuk says, the first Pasuk which says, it's talking about lishlish, i.e. to learn that grain, once it reaches a third, it's now chayev in Meiser, and the year in which it reaches a third is going to be the year uh, which in which you separate Meiser. Um, the chayev of Meiser will be considered as part of that year. Tanan awesome. We learn over there in the Mishnah, always v'adochon, Rice and millet, vaprogin, uh, poppy. Everybody in Israel knows that perig is poppy seeds. How does everybody in Israel know that perig is poppy seeds? Same way. Uh, everybody knows it the same way. The first time, it's, it's old, it's not even a chiddush. The first time you buy uh, a chocolate babka and it turns out to be a poppy seed babka and you look at the package and it says perig, that's how you know that perig means poppy seeds. You learn it the hard way. It's not awesome. So I'm pretty sure that 90% of Americans know that perig is poppy from that particular experience. It's not awesome. We learn in the Mishnah. So rice, millet, progin, and uh, poppy, and sesame seeds. That took root. Friends, listen carefully. Took root before Rosh Hashanah. So now these are all legumes, and we're saying that legumes are based on when they take root. Misas and the Sha'avar, so they're going to be considered the year of Meiser is going to be from the previous year, i.e. the year before Rosh Hashanah, when we turn Bashvius, and um, if it's the sixth year, and going into the seventh year, then they took root before Rosh Hashanah, so you're going to be allowed to, um, you know, there's no issues of Shemitah over there, because they're considered to have grown in the previous year. But if they did not yet take root before Rosh Hashanah, they only take root during, on, right after Rosh Hashanah, on Shemitah, well then you're not going to be able to eat them because they're considered like you grew them on Shemitah. And the Meiser year would be, um, well, 
would be the Shemitah year, but obviously in Shemitah we don't separate Trumas and Meisters. So if it was any other year of the Shemitah cycle, so then if it takes root after Rosh Hashanah, so then the Meister year would be based on the year in, in which it took root in, Kilu, whatever year is after Rosh Hashanah. Omer Rabba says Rabba, Omer Rabbonon, Elon Vosachanato. Rabba says one second. Okay. So we have a few different distinctions, you know, existing distinctions here when it comes to Truma and Meiser. That when it comes to a tree, so it's Basachanato. Trees um, are are um, chayev in Meiser from the time that they start producing fruit. So once they start producing fruit, so at that point they're chayev in Meiser. Tvuah vizesim basur shlish. And uh, grain and grapes and olives are chayev in Meiser once they reach a third of their growth. Yerek basur lakita. Vegetables, as we learned the other day, goes based on when they are chaptarayim, based on when they're gathered, harvested. Hani keman Now when it comes to legumes, we're finding another distinction, which is when they take root. So what's that based on? It's not like the trees, it's not like the grains, and it's not like the vegetables. So the Omer Rabbah, Rabbah then said, Well, since these legumes are ready at different times, right? Not, they don't, they're not all just ready to be chapterayim at the same time. You know, the legumes, I guess, um, yeah, you pick them at all sorts. You know, whenever they're ready, you pick them, but they're not all ready at the same time. And therefore, you're going to have some that you're picking in right before Rosh Hashanah, some that you're picking after Rosh Hashanah, because also remember, I believe that we've learned together that the only um, things that are chayv and maizr midu oraisa is grain and grapes and olives. Everything else is chayv and trumas and maizr midu rabbonon. So these legumes are only chayv and maizr midu rabbonon. So so therefore the rabbis say that they're chayv and maizr and they are also determining how to determine at which point it's Chayv and Meiser. And therefore they're saying, well, when it comes to these legumes, they're picked at all different times. And therefore, if it's based on the time that you harvest these legumes, you're going to have some legumes that are harvested before Rosh Hashanah, some that are harvested after Rosh Hashanah, and it's going to be a big mess. And you're not going to, you're going to have to keep track of what's what so that you make sure that the harvest the ones from before Rosh Hashanah with the ones from before Rosh Hashanah, the ones after Rosh Hashanah with the ones after Rosh Hashanah. So they say, look, Forget about when you harvest them. It'll be based on when they take root. Because they're all going to take, you know, if they're all planted at the same time, they're all going to take root at the same time. So it says, Rabba, mitoch shasuyim, prochen, prochen, since you're going to basically harvest them at, all, at different times, as the Rabbanon Basra Ashrasha, the rabbis say that it goes based on when it takes root, because if you plant them all at the same time, they're all going to take root at least at the same time. And therefore, whatever year that is, so then uh, that is going to be consider the uh, when we consider it for Meiser and then you can separate Meiser from all of the these legumes together regardless of when each particular legume was harvested Abai suggests wait Rabba you're saying Rabba that the reason why when it comes to legumes that we consider it for Meiser based on when it is uh, takes root is because, well, if you do it based on when it's harvested, well then, you, since you're harvesting them all at different times, it'll become a big mess. Says Abai, it won't become a big mess. Because, 
why can't we say that the legumes go based on when they're harvested? And even though they're harvested at different times, and some may have been harvested before Rosh Hashanah, and some may have been harvested after Rosh Hashanah, take all of the granary, all of the legumes, regardless of when each particular legume was harvested, mix them all up in one big mixture, and then you're going to be separating from the Chodosh on the Chodosh and the Yoshan on the Yoshan. Meaning, if you have all of these legumes, some were harvested before Rosh Hashanah, some after Rosh Hashanah, but then you mix them all up in a big mixture. So the probability is, I think you have to have a certain, uh, I think technically speaking, mathematically speaking, you have to have like um, a certain uh, minimum amount for this to be true, but assuming, let's say, that you have a lot of these legumes and you mix them up really well, well then, statistically, if you, let's say you have, I don't know, a ton of, uh, of, of, of legumes and then you separate 10% of a ton from Iser, statistically speaking, whatever percentage of that mixture was harvested uh, before Rosh Hashanah will be represented in this 10% of a ton and whatever percentage was harvested after Rosh Hashanah will be represented in this 10% of a ton, right? Meaning, let's say 30% of it was harvested before Rosh Hashanah and 70% of it was harvested after Rosh Hashanah. Well, when you take your 10% of Miser, well, meaning for Miser, Statistically speaking, 30% of that is going to be from the legumes that you harvested before Rosh Hashanah, and 70% is going to be from the legumes that you harvested after Rosh Hashanah. So, Kilu, who cares? So, says Abaye, it shouldn't really matter what's harvested, right? The fact that these legumes are ripe at different times and you harvest some before Rosh Hashanah and some after Rosh Hashanah. It shouldn't matter. Take them all, mix them all together, create one big mixture. And then separate Meister from the big mixture. And statistically speaking, you will have in your Meister the amount that you're supposed to have from the previous year and the amount that you're supposed to have from the current year. So again, Amalei Abai, Abai says to Rabbah, why don't you just harvest them whenever you harvest them? And it goes based on when you harvest them, but then just take the big mixture and mix it all together, and then take your miser, and statistically speaking, Vinimsa, it'll turn out, that you will have taken miser for the new stuff, right, from the new stuff, and you would have taken miser from the old stuff, from the old stuff, right, statistically speaking, in this miser that you separate. Milotanya, after all, do we not have the following Brisa? Rabbi Yosef ben Kippur, Omar, says Rabbi Yosef ben Kippur, Mishum Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, in the name of Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, Pula Mitzri, Egyptian beans. Sounds tasty. Shazura'o Lizera, that you planted it for seeds, because you, the, when it comes to these Egyptian beans, there's two ways that you could plant it, either as seeds, I guess like sunflower seeds, sunflower seeds might be one of my least favorite parts of living in Eretz Yisrael, the people eat the sunflower seeds. I guess that's a different sugya. Akuponim. So these, these, um, these, um, wow, did I just say that? I guess so. Well, sorry. Yeah. Well, I just said it. 
So Shazor uh, Lazera. So so uh, where are we? So this so these Egyptian um, uh, beans. So so you can either um, uh, plant them as seeds for seeds, or you could plant them um, as a vegetable. And if you plant it to be a vegetable, so then it's going to be based on when you harvest it. If you plant it as a seed, so it'll be based on it'll be treated as a legume. So Shazor Lazera. If you have these um, um, Egyptian beans. That you planted uh, for to be as seeds, so therefore we're treating it as legumes, and meiser is going to be based on um, uh, when it takes root. Hashrasha. So mitzaso ishish lefnei rosh hashanah. Part of it um, took root before rosh hashanah. Mitzaso ishish laachar rosh hashanah. Part of it took root after rosh hashanah. In tormin ma'asu mizel zeh. So you're not allowed to just kind of take meiser casually from one year, right from this. Batch that was harvested after that that took root after Rosh Hashanah and the batch that took root before Rosh Hashanah. Because as we've seen, you're not allowed to take meiser from the old stuff for the new stuff, and not from the new stuff for the old stuff. You have to, you know, the meiser you have to keep everything uh, clean, right? Keep the old stuff together, the new stuff together, and separate meiser from the new stuff and meiser from the old stuff. Keep everything separate. So what does he do? What you can do is sover gorno the socho. You can just mix them all up together really well. But says of Shimon Shazuri, what you can do is you can take all of these um, uh, pula mitzries, mix them all up together real good, the old stuff, the new stuff, and then when you separate meiser, uh, statistically you are going to be separating. Um, you know, the, the, right, the old stuff that you're supposed to be separating, the new stuff that you're supposed to be separating, it'll all be properly represented, uh, represented in the mice that you take from the big mixture. Omarle, to which Rabbah responds to Abai, remember, Rabbah had said that the whole reason why we say that by legumes, the mice is determined by when it takes root, as opposed to when it's harvested, is because it's harvested at different times when it'll become a mess. Abai said, so let it become a mess. Who cares? Mix it all together then. Separate meister from the mixture and memele, the, the meister will be properly, right? Everything, the old stuff, the new stuff, everything will be properly represented in the meister that you take. And he brings a proof from Rabshim Shazuri to which Rabba responds, Omerle, Rabba responds to Abai, Rabshim Shazuri ka Abai, do you hear what you're saying? You're suggesting that while well, Rabshim Shazuri says you can mix them all together and then separate meister. Reb Shimon Sazuri holds that there is mixing together, that there's what's called Bila. Bila means mixing together. Reb Shimon Sazuri holds that you're allowed to take these uh, things, mix them all together, and that'll count as a mixture, and then the Maestro will be properly representative. But the rabbis argue and say that there isn't Bila, that you're not able to mix all of these things together and then consider it to be that the, that the Maestro that you separate is properly representative. You cannot do that according to the rabbis. And therefore, Rabbi says, look, the rabbis would say that you would not be allowed to make this mixture. And therefore, I'm saying like the rabbis, you cannot just make this mixture. And therefore, the rabbis, when determining meiser for legumes, they said, look, legumes are all harvested at different times. But if you plant them all at the same time, they'll, they'll take root at the same time. So therefore, when we are enacting meiser for legumes, we'll say that it's based on taking root so that you know how to determine um, um, meiser and that you can separate meiser from all of these legumes at the same time without having to worry about what's new and what's old. Friends, that was Daf Yud Gimel on Masech the Rosh Hashanah. So, a lot of today's Daf was focused on determining that when it comes to 
that when it comes to um, uh, Dagon, Tirosh, and Yitzar, grain and grapes and uh, olives, that it's um, Truma, that, that, that it's Meister is determined based on once it reaches a third. We had a few Psukim to teach us that. First, we wanted to learn it out from the fact that by Hakel, uh, it mentions Shemitah. We're saying, what does Shemitah have to do with anything? Well, we're saying that if you have grain that reaches a third of its growth during Shemitah, it'll continue on to um, the next year as well, which we then asked, wait, but maybe it's teaching just that Shemitah continues until Sukkot of the next year, to which we said, no, that can't be. We then brought a different Pasuk by Chaga Osif, which we wanted to say, and it says, We wanted to say Chaga Osif is actually referring to harvesting, um, that if you... Um, harvest something during Sukkot, the rabbis have determined that it Mimela reached a third of its growth the year before, and we're saying that it's considered B'tzei Sashana from the previous year, so we see that um, the year in which it reaches a third of its growth is the year that determines its Meister status, to which we then said that actually um, Chag Asif is not referring to harvesting there, it actually is referring to gathering, and therefore we can't learn out anything about a third. So then we bring a different Pasuk, that when it comes to Shemitah, it says that the Ebershter will provide enough food on the sixth year for three years, and we say that three is actually referring to a third, from which we learn out of Drasha that grain, once it has reached a third, um, is already now chayv in Meiser, and that's what determines the year in which it's going to be uh, treated for Meiser. And then we uh, brought up a, a, an additional halacha, which is that when it comes to legumes, uh, legumes are determined for Meiser based on when they take root. Um, then we saw an interesting machlokas between Abaye and Rabba, that Rabba says that how come when it comes to legumes, it's based on when they take root. After all, we don't see that a measure. We don't see that by any of the other things. We don't see it by trees. We don't see it by grains. We don't see it by vegetables. So Rabba said, well, because legumes uh, are harvested at all sorts of different times to make things easier. The rabbis, when they deter, when they decided that you have to take miser from legumes, they said, do it based on when it takes root. Abaye then says, wait, but what about this concept of bila? That there's a concept that when everything is mixed together very well in a mixture, well then you can assume that whatever meiser you're taking is representative of the mixture. So let it be based, let the rabbis determine meiser based on when you harvest it. And then even though you're harvesting at different times, some may have been before Rosh Hashanah, some after Rosh Hashanah, mix them all together. You have a big mixture, separate meiser from the big mixture. And then uh, statistically whatever percentage was meant to be from the previous year will be represented in this Meiser from the previous year and whatever is from the new year will be represented in this Meiser from the new year um, to which we uh, Robert points out that yes but the concept of Bila is actually Machlokas while Rabbi Shimon Shazuri says that we do say Bila that you can have these mixtures and treat it as a mixture and that anything that you separate from the mixture will be representative of the mixture the rabbis argue and say that we do not say Bila we do not say that you can just um, consider this mixture to be mixed up really well and whatever that you separate from it will be representative of the uh, mixture. We do not say that according to the rabbis, therefore you cannot, that's rabbis argument for why we would not say bila and why we have to say that um, meiser of legumes is based on when they take root as opposed to when they are harvested. Friends, that was daf yud gimel, daf 13, the page of love, the page of oneness. Friends, have a onenessy lovey day. Peace.